بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد This is the last part of this poem regarding the remembrance of death the aspect that was discussed last yesterday was that the poet was reminding us that this life is not play and amusement when a person has now moved on in life his age is no more the age of a child he is now an adult so why is this childishness still there while the days of childhood have passed why is the person now still in that same kind of mode of life playing an amusement as explained that just the size of the toys change a child who was 5 years old the size of the toys that he played with was a small little toy in his hand and then the person now is 55 he's also playing with toys but toys of a little bit bigger nature that child was screeching the car with his hands the chap is screeching it on the road just that the the same thing is carrying on in a different form so this is the aspect that the poet was talking about that we should be taking a lesson from those who have come and gone and how people one after the other are leaving that was the point that was made last further he says hubb al haba'ib hirman wa mandamat fal ghawl aqibatun lil sharib samili that the love of this beautiful woman is only deprivation and grief the end result of liquor is only intoxication and unconsciousness what he is referring to is that the haram love and the illicit love that a person gets caught up in and the end result of this is only deprivation and grief in a person's quest to reach allah taala and a person wanting to progress in his deen person wanting to get closer to allah taala then there are many things that become obstacles many things that become barriers but there are few things that become such major barriers than any illicit and haram love the extent to which this becomes a barrier is perhaps among the few things that are the most severe other things are also barriers but those things become barriers sometimes for a limited period allah forbid somebody is caught up in some kind of substance abuse is taking some things some intoxicant it's a terrible thing but that intoxication the next morning he might be over with it he might regret it he'll repent over it he'll feel remorseful regretful allah forbid he might catch up with him again but till then this would be over but the person caught up in illicit love haram love then that person who was caught up in some intoxicant that is also a very major thing but everybody regards that as very major and doesn't give the same kind of severity and same kind of seriousness to the aspect of some illicit relationship that a person is in that person who was caught up in some substance abuse obviously some major sin but the next morning he'll be 
out of that state, he'll come to the masjid, he'll come with remorse, with regret, and he'll come, inshallah, with a heart that is now wanting to repent and move forward. But the person caught up in illicit love, Allah forbid, very often, that gets so deep down into the system, the person making sajda is also still in that same, his heart is still in the same place. His head in, is in sajda in front of Allah Ta'ala, but his heart is still caught up in that haram. And therefore this becomes one of the biggest barriers. And it turns the heart of a person totally away from Allah Ta'ala. The heart cannot encompass two loves at one time. It's either halal love or haram love. One is a person, what Allah Ta'ala has made permissible for him. Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala declares, زُجِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ وَالْقَنَاطِيلِ الْمُقَنْطَرَةِ إِلَى آخِرِ الْآيَةِ Allah Ta'ala has himself, the crux of this ayat is, Allah Ta'ala himself has instilled the love of various things in the heart of this insan. Person owns something, he becomes attached to it. It's his house, his car. When these are material possessions, which he becomes attached and Allah Ta'ala hasn't forbidden that attachment to these things. With one provision, one condition. That the love of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu must be dominant. These things must be dominated. So when there's a clash of some sort, then the law of Allah Ta'ala will be given preference, not the things of dunya. Person's business is going to be naturally attached to it, and that's the tabiat of insan, but the love of Allah Ta'ala must be above. So when the time of azan comes, then he will without hesitation, he will abandon being involved in business anymore, he will answer the call of the mazin. So, this heart Allah Ta'ala has made it attached to many things. So likewise, one is material things, beyond material things is human relationships, so naturally there is a love, for one's parents, one's children, one's family members. Then a person moves on in life, he gets married. Allah Ta'ala created that bond. Allah Ta'ala says, among his signs, if a person ponders over this alone, this too will bring him to the ma'rifat and recognition of Allah Ta'ala. And among the signs of Allah Ta'ala, is that Allah Ta'ala has created for you spouses from among you, meaning your same species. And, وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Allah Ta'ala has created this love and compassion between the spouses. Allah Ta'ala, this is His bounty and gift. That is part of insan. But this halal love that Allah Ta'ala blesses a person with, this is not a barrier to reaching Allah Ta'ala. This is حُبْ person loves somebody within the limits of shariat and deen, that love, and if there is sincerity in that love, that love will take him closer to Allah Ta'ala. But where that love is crossing the line of deen, and where that love is the haram love, the love that Allah Ta'ala has prohibited, so now it's going to be either one, it's going to be either this side or that side. The heart cannot encompass both at the same time. The heart will either encompass what's pure, and then there won't be space for anything that's impure. And if the impure thing is brought into the heart, what is pure is going to leave. 
these two things won't gather in the heart. And unfortunately then, the person will go through the motions of life without any spirit, without any enthusiasm towards deen. Sometimes the person is, mashallah, very punctual with his salah also. He's very punctual with the amal, but it will be a routine, mechanical uh, involvement in these things. But the heart will be very, very far away. And the whole issue is the heart. The heart is what is the essence. What's deeply inside is the heart. And at the time of moth, what is in the heart is what comes out. At the time of moth, the heart speaks. In dunya, the heart has something and the tongue speaks something else. The person sometimes in the heart is swearing somebody and then he's telling him, you know what, I was really waiting for you to come. But when the person, as he saw him coming, he was wondering where this musibat came from. So the heart has got something else and the tongue is saying something else. But at the time of moth, then what is in the heart, that is what surfaces. This is the reason why, as we mentioned one of the days, that sometimes at the time of death, the person utters kufr. The person utters kufr and people are shocked. This person was a conscious person. He was performing his salah and he was doing other good things. And how did this happen? The person went out of this dunya saying words of kufr. But very often, it was the surface that was very good, but in the heart that kufr was lurking in various ways. The person was making very kind of statements which were completely against deen, mocking sunnahs of Rasulullah belittling things. Somebody corrects him sometime that this is wrong, and the person makes a sweeping statement. You don't come tell me all this nonsense now, that one statement constitutes kufr. The person was advising us towards deen. He was telling us something that, look, this what you're doing is haram. Accept it, acknowledge it, or keep quiet. But that sweeping statement made a person lose his iman. Now he didn't even think about it. He didn't renew his iman. He didn't do anything to now make amends for that. And that carried on in his heart. Oh, he's lurking, that, he's saying things other than that as well. At the time of death, that exposes itself. The issue is the heart. Now this is the aspect that is being explained here. That this haram love would only lead to deprivation and grief. And this becomes more a greater intoxicant than all the intoxicants of the world. When a person gets intoxicated in this haram love, then Allah forbid, it will become worse than all the other intoxicants of dunya. So when the person becomes, that is the reason why the poet then links it with that. The end result of liquor is only intoxication and unconsciousness. That this haram love, this illicit love, this illicit relationships, these things become an intoxication. And then it makes a person unconscious of realities. What he's doing, where he's going, what kind of end result he's going to bring upon himself. He's the servant of Allah Ta'ala. Allah is watching. He forgets that too. Then he's going to bring all the kind of harm to his family, he forgets about that too. If he's a married person, what he's going to end up doing? Nothing. It's unconscious, like unconscious person doesn't know what's going on around him. This person becomes unconscious to realities. And especially in the time and age that we are in, with all the social media and whatever else, and then all the various uh, things that shaitan uses to try and give us some kind of excuse to appease ourselves. No, no, I'm just giving some dini nasihat. So now he never gave Dini Nasihat to his blood sister, but he wants to give Dini Nasihat to other people's sisters. 
his own wife he didn't advise, he wants to advise other people's wives. This is all shaitan's deception. Then, no, no, this is just business, just some marketing. All the 100 male customers, you never send them one SMS one day. But suddenly all the marketing is only for the female customers. These are all shaitan's deceptions. We should be very, very alert to this, conscious of it. The harm we only do to ourselves. We can try and deceive maybe others around us. We can try and maybe appease our own self for a while too. But for how long? Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. These are things that... So therefore this is the most detrimental thing in this path to reach Allah Ta'ala. Among the most detrimental things. And likewise, one is a person is in a haram relationship as such. Together with that is all the other aspects of a similar nature. Person watching haram, all those things get stuck in his mind and heart. Now with that filth in the heart, how is going to be the purity of the Qur'an Sharif going to be staying in the heart? How is going to be the, the pure zikr of Allah Ta'ala remaining in that heart? The aspect of the heart becoming zakir and not being ghafil. These things drown the heart in ghaflat. So this is the message that the poet is giving us here. That all this is just deprivation, will lead to deprivation. And the end result of liquor is only intoxication and unconsciousness. Further he says, Ibra ila kulli hibbin min mahabbatihi wa siq bi hubbi rasulillahi wa takili. Abstain from the love of every beloved. This is referring to everything that Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. And strengthen the bond of love with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and rely on this. Huwa alladhi hubbuhu fawzun wa makramatun wa hubbuhu ayatul imani faktamili. The love of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is success, honor, any sign of iman. Hence, perfect it. This is the thing to keep checking within ourselves, that to what extent we have inculcated the love of Allah and His Rasul in our hearts. The thing to ponder over from time to time. Unfortunately, because we have engrossed ourselves so much in all these other things, the social media and whatever other futile things, so we don't have any time to read one seerat of Rasulullah one authentic biography of Rasulullah and learn about what he did for us, what kind of sacrifices he made for us. So we haven't ever taken the time to absorb this, to surround, to study it, spare the time to read it carefully and ponder over it, ponder over the sacrifices that he made. When that would become a part of our daily program to now ponder over these things, then we'll find that that bond and attachment will grow. Once Rasulullah sallallahu anha, she saw him in a very happy moment. So being a wife after all, when she saw Rasulullah sallallahu being very happy, so she decided this is the right time to ask. But what did she ask for? She asked for dua. So Rasulullah sallallahu made dua for her. Allahumma khilli aishata ma taqaddama min zambiha wa ma taakhar Allah forgive Aisha all the things that might ever have happened in the past, in the future, whatever open secret. This was a dua he made for her. She appreciated and she understood the value of this dua. She didn't ask for any dunya, she didn't ask for anything material, she asked for dua. And Rasulullah made this dua for her. 
So he made this dua for her. She became so overjoyed. She couldn't contain herself. That her head came into her lap out of this ecstasy that she was experiencing out of this dua. When Rasulullah saw this, he asked her, Ayasurruki dua ya Aisha? My dua has made you happy, O Aisha? She said, yes, indeed. After all, the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu what a wonderful dua. What was his reply and response to this? Innaha la da'wati li ummati ba'da kulli salatin. This is the dua I make for my ummah after every salah. Now this was his attachment with us, for us. How much have we learned about him? How much have we read his sirat? How many times do we decide Duru Sharif upon him? The whole day goes past. How many times have we recited Duru Sharif? What did we learn about his Mubarak life? How many sunnats have we tried to inculcate in our lives? And how much have we tried to bring his Mubarak sunnat? How much have we tried to distance ourselves away from the ways of those who are his arch enemies? Or are we wholeheartedly embracing everything that his enemies are giving and turning our backs on everything that he has presented? Now, these are the things to ponder about, these are things to think about. This is what, when after giving deep thought to this, reflecting, meditating upon it, reading the Sirat of Rasulullah making a point of daily reciting Duru Sharif at least a hundred times, that's the bare minimum. And hundred times, one is initially a person should recite a few lengthier formulas of Duru Sharif, Duru Ibrahim, but then the rest of it also if he decides Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the shortest formula of Duru Sharif, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, hundred times won't even take two and a half minutes. Hundred times won't even take two and a half minutes. Now in 24 hours, 1000 and some minutes in the 24 hours, out of the 24 hours, a person should take the time to do the exercise someday. At the end of the day, just go back. We probably nowadays with all the technology, it's very easy to actually be very close to accuracy. How much of time I spent in social media, you'll get the time there somewhere. What time you started off, what time you sent this message, what time that message was sent, what time this was received, what time you finished. Maybe you'll find two and a half hours. How much of time I spent on this, so many hours came out. How much of time I spent on that, so many hours came out. Out of that 1,200, 1,600 and some minutes, there was two and a half hours. There was 120 minutes for social media. There was another 100 minutes for Allah knows best what. There was some another 100 minutes for some other futility. But we didn't find two and a half minutes to recite Duru Sharif on Rasulullah We didn't find two and a half minutes to remember Rasulullah who remembered us all the time. What face we are going to face with him on the day of Qiyamah? So this is the thing to now ponder on. This is what we have to inculcate in our hearts. This Mubarak month of Ramadan, this is a month to now connect ourselves to Allah Ta'ala. And to build our bond with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. To now bring our life on balance. That we are here for how long? If we are here for 100 years also, what proportion of that is to infinity? Akhirat is infinite. There's no proportion. Luqman Hakim said to his son, work for this dunya to the extent you are going to be in dunya. And work for the akhirat to the extent you are going to be in akhirat. But how much of time is spent for dunya, what balance of that is for deen? If there's salah in our lives, how much of dedicated time is for that salah, or is it a very rushed and haphazard salah? That the last thing in, first thing out. 
and that too in a very very haphazard manner that too in the salah also the person is still now working out doing things about whatever else has to be dealt with when he gets back after the salah and sorting out whatever he had already done but missed out something so the whole focus even in the house of Allah Ta'ala, even in that masjid, even in that salah, but that still we are outside salah. So our whole 24 hours has been become engrossed in dunya. Now the time has come to make that decision in our life, to bring this balance, that whatever is necessary for dunya in moderation, whatever time has to be given to our work, our occupation, etc., fine, that will be given. But then there has to be dedicated time and significant time for the improvement in our deen for the progress in our deen because when life goes and how long we are still around we have no idea then all these other things are all going to be left behind then it's going to be us our iman our amal as discussed in this very poem that after everybody is going to bury us and for a few minutes they'll say something they'll praise us a little bit somebody will say mashallah and someone will say something else and what a good father he was and someone will say what a good brother he was then the next morning they all forgot and people are going to be fighting over what we left behind and they all forgot us. We have to make the effort to make our provisions for akhirat. Because that is what's going to be of a real benefit to us. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Just a very, very important reminder again that we are in the house of Allah Ta'ala. So now some refreshments will be served. But in the time, let us be very conscious about the adab and respect of the masjid not to raise the voices in the masjid among the things that is mentioned among the signs of qiyamah and one hadith sharif rasulullah sallallahu says that idha fa'alat ummati khamsa ashrata khaslatan hallat bihal bala my ummah will get involved in 15 things then calamities will befall them among those things mentioned rufi'atil aswatu fil masajid that voices will be raised in the masjid so this is something to be very careful about, whether it is here now, whether it is at other times, often after nikah, for example, the sanctity of the masjid is completely forgotten, and people in that moment of now greeting and meeting forget about where we are, and what is the etiquette of the masjid, and the voices are raised, this is something to be very, very totally be avoided, and to be very conscious about. So now also let us be very conscious of this, we want to ask something, say something to somebody, we might be asking, greeting, meeting, but in a very dignified manner, avoiding the sanctity of the masjid being violated, avoiding the voices being raised. And in any case, we are so many here, if each one of us whispers also, it's obvious it's going to become a sound. So now we have to be very careful about that. So let us please be conscious of this, remind one another as well.